0: This is the Acts 2028 podcast, where two young Church of God pastors discuss the challenges and victories we
1: face in leading revitalization. I am TJ Samuel. I am Brian Seidel. I am in an urban context in Seattle, Washington. I am in a suburban and rural context in Boise, Idaho. I am in a
0: liberal state. I am in a conservative state. My ministry background is in missions. My ministry background is in youth ministry. And yet, we are both
1: in our first lead
0: role. Help God revitalize the existing church
1: in the Pacific Northwest. We are helping each other. And you. To truly live out Acts 2028. 20,
0: well, here we are back again for another episode. TJ, welcome back as we're continuing to just move forward in the calling that God's given us as we live out, again, our calling within our roles that God's put us in. And yet today we have a special episode, and it's not
1: just you and me. We have a guest with us today. We do. And he is, uh, I think, happy to join us. He has a different perspective yeah. again, <laughs> from what we've had. So uh, our, our guest today is none other than Pastor Marcus Archer, who is serving down in the South, which is, again, different geographically than us. And so Marcus, uh, how about you lead us in with a little bit about yourself?
2: Um, I am the lead pastor at Cross Point Church here in Natchez, Mississippi. Um, we have humidity, you don't. That's the that's yeah. one major difference. We have humidity, you don't. Um, you no, know, me and my wife have been here about four years. Uh, I've been married like five, uh, five and a half years. Um, so before this I was in South Dakota. Uh, the associate pastor, youth pastor, worship leader at a church there. And I was in Missouri before that. And I'm actually originally from the town that I now pastor in, but it's not the church I grew up in. Um, the church I grew up in is on the other side of town. Um, and I uh, know those pastors real well, uh, know those guys real well and everything. But, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know what else you might want to know. Um, I, I like the yeah. Florida Gators, which, we're on a zoom call. So you guys can see the shrine behind me in my office here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what yeah. else, what else do you want to know? Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Marcus, we'll just say, you know, in our intro, if you, you know, know that again, TJ and I, we have different backgrounds. Um, TJ's background is in missions. Mine is in youth ministry and you kind of share that a little bit with both of us. Right. So kind of what's, what's your kind of background in ministry and like how did you end up in a lead role?
2: Well, so, um, I did, I did go to Bible college and have a degree in pastoral ministry, um, a real Bible college, like a real degree. Um, I tell people Bible college, I think they think it's like, I don't know, BBS on steroids or something. And I'm like, no, I have a Bachelor of Science, um, which I never understood why we could have made it a Bachelor of Arts. But I have a BS in pastoral ministry. Um, that said, even then, I just wanted to do youth ministry. Um, and so mostly what I did was youth ministry. Uh, of, of a different varieties I worked at a teen challenge at one point for about a year um at a, at a teen where the teens actually came and stayed and uh, and uh, I, I was the director of a uh it was like a youth for Christ you know what youth for Christ is it was like, like a local youth for christ yeah. chapter I was the director of one of those for about three and a half years and like like it's been kind of and I was a youth pastor at a church and it's been kind of all over all over the spectrum uh, when I say youth ministry i don 't just mean sitting in a church somewhere. Um, and then, you know, somewhere down the line in college, I got to go to Japan on a mission trip and I loved it. Uh, but I, I didn't really get to travel a whole lot until I don't know, probably probably about eight years, eight or 10 years ago or something. And, and I got an opportunity to go to India and the first time, and that just lit a fire me like in India. I love, I love India. I love the people love the food. It's, it's my jam. Uh, and really, what, what I've learned is that most opportunities I've gotten has actually been, uh, to go to somewhere in Asia, whether it's India or Japan or, uh, the Philippines, um, just kind of all over the place, uh, there. And so, um, I, uh, I, I really like Asia. I joke with, with my wife and tell her there's a, there's a small Asian lady living inside of me because I love Asian food, like fill in the blank. I love any kind. I, I love it. And, and so, um, so, yeah, I've gotten to, you know, that first time I, that first time I went to India for me, that was it really lit a fire in me for that. And so uh, I've been in like five times since then. Um, and like I said, been to the Philippines, been, you know, and I've been to other places in the world, too, uh, for, for, for those trips. It's just I've been to Costa Rica, um, been to, you know, done some of these different things. But it feels like I've just kind of always ended up over there somewhere on the opposite end of the world in Asia um, eating something weird on the street somewhere. Uh-huh. And, and so, but, but I've, I, you know, that, that's, that's a major passion uh, for me. And, um, and so I've gotten to lead groups to, you know, different places I, and, and, and um, actually started a mission group when I was in South Dakota, at the church there um, the church there actually got it has become extremely involved with um, missionaries that we have uh, Tim and Kim Wardell on the Pine Ridge reservation over there in South Dakota. And, um, and so that was really cool to see after we left to see that kind of blossom into something. Uh, and then, like I said, I, you know, I've led a group of ours. We have missionaries in the Philippines we support. I've led a group over there. And so, yeah, I have gotten to kind of do all those things. Also I play guitar and kind of lead worship too. I, I'm not super talented, but I can do it. Uh, and, and so yeah. um, I, I've, I've gotten uh, no shortage of different experiences and opportunities in ministry. And it, I think it's actually helped me, when I actually did become a lead pastor, I, I had gotten the opportunities to see things as, you know, from youth ministry. And um, there's a period where I worked at a high school when I lived in Missouri. And I just did all basically anything that needed to be done at the church I was going to. And so I taught kids and and I swept the floors and I made the coffee and like, like all of those things. And so I got to kind of see the church from all the perspectives. And so uh, becoming a lead pastor then, I... I, I see all the things, you know, whereas before I might've come in and just been like, I preach and tell people what to do. Like, I, I might not have been that way, but because of my experience, it actually has helped shaped seeing kind of all the different ministries and the different little things that go on that make a church function.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, that's uh, just as you talk about that, and, and we've talked about it on our podcast before, but, uh, you know, again, my, my. Passes in youth ministry. I was, I did youth ministry for a, a couple of decades, thought I was going to do it for my entire career. Again, I never aspired to be a lead pastor or senior pastor at all. And I think that's again, you know, something that you've, you've said as well. Yeah. Yeah. And never, so,
2: never was looking for it,
0: you know, but and I mean, literally there's a, there's a sign in my office that you can't really see at the angle of it, but there's literally a sign in my office on my wall that says, this was not my idea. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, because it's just, again, to remind me of where I came from. And so I, again, I can definitely identify with that of, you know, I, I never thought I was going to be leading a church. And so, but, but yet God had, had other plans obviously for me. And, and, and now that I'm here though, now that I am leading a church and, and, and I, I completely understand what you're saying is like, man, now I see things from a different angle because of being in youth ministry and because of leading mission trips and because of all those things, I, I have led the church differently. I think because of that, um, but, but I think. To kind of back up a little bit, just a uh, just curious question for you is how, I guess, because every leader has to wrestle with what God really wants for them to fulfill, right? And, and, you know, so many times we think about, yeah, I want to be in the middle of God's will and, and I want to do this and I'll do whatever God asks me to do. But I think that's a very common question though. Of like, how do you know that God's asking you to do this? So can you, I know that's a big question. I know it's a curveball. ball. You're you asking a, me, uh, how do
2: I know that God wants me to do stuff?
0: Yeah. Well, or how, how did you know that God wanted you to be a lead pastor?
2: Well, I, so I think some people have these magical stories of like, um, I went down to an altar one day and, and I, you know, God called me to preach and I knew right there, you know, or something like that. I don't have one of those. All right. I went to Bible college. I was not a believer at Bible college. When I say Bible college, I mean, there were four degrees offered. They were all ministry degrees I wanted to play basketball. Um, and so, uh, which again, I'm very mediocre compared to TJ, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> and, and so it um, was garden people like TJ, which is really yeah. unfortunate for me. Um, but, but like in, in that first semester there uh, I, I did give my life to Christ sitting in a hospital bed one night, I had some issues and had some people taking the hospital and it was a whole thing. And I literally, it was just like, okay, God, I, okay, I get it. Like, like that was what what it was for me. It wasn't some big moment. And then while I'm like, I'm kind of recovering the next several days. Um, I just sort of remember this, like, this is, this is how my brain works. This is probably why God talks to me, you know, kind of talks to us in ways that we understand. Right. And and so, um, one of those little things where I feel like he's kind of like nudging me was like, Hey, um, so while I've got you here at Bible college, like, maybe I got something else I want you to do. You're like, like, it's no accident that you're here. And so, um, so that, you know, that was sort of, it was, we're like, okay, well, oh, cause so God wants I guess I'm, I'm doing the ministry thing. Like it was very much like that. Like me giving my life to Christ was me going, okay, God, I get it. And I'm in, in a hospital bed and like very yeah. unceremonious and no fireworks. And me getting called to ministry is more like really literally like God being like, Hey, while I got you at Bible college, I, you know, I got some stuff for you, like misery. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll do that. And it, for me, it's, uh, faith has never, faith has never really been a, a major issue in the sense of like, you know, wrestling, like, well, but like, it's going to be hard God. And like that part has never been difficult. Um, when God says go do it, I'm like, okay, like, what, what am I going to argue with here? Like <laughs> the, the creative universe, someone to do something like, I'm pretty sure he knows better than I do. Um, that said it's kind of looked different. Um, anytime he's called me to do something, um, a lot of people have asked me, like, did you feel like God told you to go on these mission trips? And I'm like, no, like, I just know, uh, God gave me a passion and then he gave me the finances to do it. And the opportunity came up and I had the time and like, everything just was right there before me. Um, you know, so there's those times, but then like the way we got here, um, I didn't ever feel like God was like, And now you're going to be a lead pastor. No, it's just, this is the next step in ministry uh, for me and my wife. My wife was, I came home from the church in South Dakota where I was at. And my wife was in our yard, apparently that day, just praying uh, because she's far more holy than I am. And I mean that if, if there is a rapture, which I don't think there is, but if there is, um, she's, I'm getting left behind between the two of us. I mean, that's, she's far more holy than me, but she's in the yard praying and she tells me. Hey, you remember when we came here and I told you, I felt like God said we wouldn't be here very long. And I was like, no, I don't remember you telling me that to this day. She did not tell me that I will vouch for that. Um, (laughs) she's like, well, God brought that back up to me. And I was like, um, okay, well, I mean, I guess we're moving to Natchez. Like, like, you know, it was because this was right in the midst of that of of me getting a phone call about coming here. And and everything so it was very like that's a very lightning bolt kind of moment you know like god talked to my yeah. wife in our yard um and, and so it but it's been I and mean, you guys maybe can attest to this at different points of ministry sometimes it's been like this this very much everything about this like i feel very confident in what god wants me to do and there are things that happen after i made the decision that confirmed yeah this is exactly what god wanted me to do but there, there's a there's a level of trust that comes in there and and so and also i mean we were moving from south Dakota to Mississippi. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of trust that comes in. Like, don't get this one wrong. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big leap. And and so, um. But yeah, no, like God spoke to my wife in our yard, and and, and so it was it was just like to go to where we're we're at now. Um. It was it was never like a lightning bolt. Like you're going to be a lead pastor. I I never felt called to be. I, I honestly, I never felt like a moment where I felt like God said you're going to be in youth ministry. It was just those are the guys that impacted me. That was my passion was and. I wanted to be like the people that were my heroes. And um, and so along the way, God's just kind of, it, it's never been one thing. It's a teen challenge or youth for Christ or, you know, worship leader. I, I didn't plan this. Or what did your, what did your thing say on your wall there, Brian? Yeah, you said, yeah,
0: yeah. it's not my idea. It's, it's not my not idea.
2: My no, no. God. Moving to Missouri. Wasn't my idea. Um, marrying my wife that I'm married to now is not my idea. Being a worship leader was not my idea like none of it going to India was not my idea. None of this was my idea. Um, which is kind of how I I know, you know, that's, that's the reason it hadn't gotten screwed up yet.
1: Well, you kind of talked about some of those things and you went to an established church, meaning it existed before you were there. Now it hadn't been around for a long time, only just about 11 years. Um, you, you shared with us. And so what was some of the biggest, uh, opportunities maybe in a, in a quick uh, piece? And then what was kind of the biggest obstacles? And then a sub question of that would be, I know you've, you just mentioned the term hero uh, for that. How did you rely on others during this time to help get you through? I know having knowing you a little bit more, um, you're not afforded uh, an opportunity to just reach out and call some of those that you would have relied on having this role. So again, what has kind of been the good part? What was kind of the challenging part? And then how did you rely on, I use the word cabinet, um, to help you during this time?
2: You just mean like just these last several years as I kind of became elite pastor and everything, yeah, right? Yeah yeah. 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 Um, well, uh, I mean, DJ, don't you know the opportunities and the obstacles? They're they're the same. I mean, they no. Um, goodness. Um, you said it. This is only like a forty-five minute podcast, okay? The uh, the obstacles. Um, goodness. Uh, no. I, honestly, like I, I told you guys, and I no problem saying this. Um, I was sort of presented something that wasn't an accurate picture of what was here. Um, and that wasn't that had. That was more done not by the people that were actually here, but by the person that used to occupy the space that I'm in now. And so, um, you know, I discovered lots of things. Like there was no money, none, zero. I remember a couple of months after we got here, we paid all the bills. There were like $150 left over and my treasurer was just like pumped. So it had been that way for a little while. Like it wasn't just like, there was a couple of struggling months or something like no, it had been lean for a little while. And you know, when you walk in the door, okay, I have no money, okay, I'm um, go drum some up out of thin air. You know, that's not a thing, you know, in a church, it, it's all dependent on people giving, uh, depending on people coming and giving, you know. And so, there was a lack of momentum, uh, a lot of um apathy, I would say, uh, here at just the last several months that they're just developed a kind of a sense of like, we're not really going anywhere. And, and so that created just a lot of like, I mean, we're here and we show up on Sundays kind of thing. And um so, you know, obviously finances are affected and, and all kinds of things like that were affected. So walking in, trying to wrap your head around all of that and figure out what that means and looks like. And, you know, honestly, they were at just speaking pastor talk, there's some simple things like duplicate, like we're spending money on thing a and thing B, but they kind of do the same thing. We'll, we'll just not do thing B then. Um, there were, there were just kind of some weird, dumb stuff like that, that I immediately walked in and saw and was like, I essentially, it wasn't being paid attention to is kind of the idea. And so I just unchecked a few boxes and immediately we had, you know, finances were better immediately. Um, and, uh, you know and there were some good things that happened and some momentum but like that was really hard trying to like wrap your head around that and and like i said coupled with the last several months um before uh before we came there was like i said like that sense of apathy that had developed because we're not really going anywhere um as scripture says where there's no vision people perish right and so um so you know trying to kind of work through some of that um was very difficult the, the good thing was, is that like, and I've said this from day one, my, my leadership here has always been super flexible and um, I've had to tell them, no, uh, like, don't know, like they want to give me something. I'm like, no, we don't have the money for that. Well, we'll come up with it. No, you won't. Like I've, I've had to shut them down. Like that's, that's a good problem to have. Right. That, that I, it, I'm not, I'm not in competition with my elders and, and I, like, we're, we're on the same team working together and, that has been one of the best things. Um, I walked in the door having a trip planned to go to India and Egypt with Jim Lyon. And so they hire me and I start in the middle of August. And in November, I, I was gone for three Sundays in a row to go to India and Egypt. Three Sundays in a row. I'd only been there for what, two and a half months at that point, whatever it was. And 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 they were willing to let me do that. And And we had a few wins kind of leading up to that, which I think made everyone feel good about it. But they were always they've always been from day one just flexible and and you know very much on on my team like they're there, i think a lot of churches you have that that deal where you have the the board or whatever guidance counselor whatever people call their 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 thing and they're over here and the pastor and staff maybe are over here a lot of times and it can feel like you know it, you're not on the same like the board's job is to control the the staff or it feels like you're working in two different deals. And so, um, I've never had that, uh, which has been, um, a great, a great issue. I I think most friends I know in ministry, um, would, would have never had to tell their elders like, no, um, you're not, you can't spend that money. No, no, we, we can't, you can't do that for me because we can't afford it yet. Like usually it's the other way around. And so, um, I've been very blessed in that regard, very blessed with my leadership. Um, and, uh, what was the sub question tj that you kind of asked oh oh people how did
1: you work with people yeah yeah so you you mentioned the term heroes and yeah
2: yeah so so you know i i have been blessed i have i have lots of people um you know i i have uh you know i have i still have phone numbers to this day of of guys that were my professors at bible college and seminary um that I call, I can call them right now. And Hey, Marcus, how's it going? You know, and I can have a conversation and, and they're guys there in ministry, you know, to be, they were, they're doing, they were teaching, but they're also pastors and different things. And so um, I've always had that. Uh, and, and I have friends like, you know, TJ, you know, I've known you for several years now, but like I have these friends just all over the country uh, because of Bible college and some of those, experience and those experiences and, and all of that people, I can just call. Uh, that are in ministry and say, Hey, like, what have you, what did you do with this? You know, and just, I have, I've had, I have no shortage of people I can call on like that. I will say though, there is one person that I wish I could call. Um, the guy was my pastor, my whole life, uh, that I would tell people to this day and I would tell him to his face if he was here, uh, Steve Pearson, um, who was, uh, not in the top 100 speakers I've ever heard in my life. Um, uh, we went bad at it. It just wasn't like, it wasn't like oh he's some dynamic speaker or something it just wasn't um but arguably the, the the best pastor i've ever seen um just being a pastor uh to the the church to the to the community the church was in and to our to our town here like like to this day i mean it's been years since he passed away and he passed away you know decently young because of cancer but I can say Steve Pearson and you know, people still, you know, eight, eight nine, 10 years later, you know, it's, it's a name that still kind of resonates. And so um, that's one guy I tell my wife several times, man, I wish I could call Steve and just see, you know, what would, what would you do here, Steve? You know, um, just that guy that's been there and done that. And so um, I do miss that, but I, I, like I said, I have no, the good thing is I have no shortage of people um, that I can call on who are, who are walking through, I mean, this is your whole, your whole deal here, walking through the same stuff I'm walking through. Um, and, and just see what was, what's their perspective and how they have done it. And, and uh, um, I, I, there's a, there's a list 10 miles long of those people. Right. And so I,
1: as a subcategory,
2: I mean, maybe those that are listening as you
1: just described that, I think one of the things that's great about Marcus is, I don't know, do you just defer that is because it's kingdom work and it's where you're supposed to go. Maybe give us some insight one thing that i know you're not ashamed of is to ask. and so you just described that in in the way of help or or those things. you're not afraid to to ask if if you think that it can make you better,
2: if it can help impact your ministry. Um, oh absolutely. i got i got boldness there because i i think people walk around and they're like, well, you know, that person's probably too busy and you know they 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 make up all these excuses as to why they're not going to do something. it's like I mean, what's the my thing? What's the worst somebody can do is say no. I, I joke with like me and my wife will be somewhere, we're checking out, and I'm, I don't know, buying a shirt or something. I'm like, oh that's the 50% off one, you know, joking. And 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 the person at the counter usually laughs or whatever. But like one time a lady at TJ Maxx actually gave me like a secret discount. Um it actually my wife's like, it actually worked. <laughs> like you're telling me it actually worked when you did that. Um and, and like I just like the worst someone can do, I always feel like is say no, right? So um, I mean, you know, TJ, we've been in kind of a discipleship called, the, you know, well, Jim called it the Turks, which by the way, in scripture is not a good thing to be. I don't know. He, he tries to bank that out to be some grandiose thing, still mess with him about that. But the genesis of that is me going to India and Egypt with Jim and and then me sitting in Delta Lounge with Jim because when you travel with Jim Lyon, you get to go in every Delta Lounge, um, and some of them are nice. And, and so, um, sitting in the Delta Lounge in Atlanta. And me just looking at him being like, Jim, I've been around you for a couple of weeks now and and like I just I I I have watched you and I I just I want what you have, man. Like, like I recognize my need as, you know, just like all of us to have someone to pour into me. And uh and so I, so I said, man, I, I just I want what you have. And it's the only time I've ever seen Jim Lyons slightly confused. Um I, I I wear it as a badge of honor. Jim just looks at me and like. Uh okay. Um well, what would that what would that even mean? What does that even what would that even look like, Marcus? And I'm like, and to now, now that I know him much better, I'm like, I confused Jim Lyon. Like he did not have an answer to the question. Um, but but what it turned into is me and him talking uh over the phone um regularly. And then that turned into Jim saying, Well, I have these other these other people that that I I I've started to talk to and I'd love to make it a group. And I'm like, Yeah, let's do it, you know. And And honestly, like that, that actually, it was, it was a conversation in in a, in a Delta lounge in Indianapolis or in, in Atlanta. And, and it it just me saying, Hey, I want what you have. And, and and it's led to all kinds of other things and opportunities and getting to know someone like TJ Moore in, in, in that context. And yeah, no, I, I think people are, um, they're afraid might be the wrong word, but, but we just aren't, we aren't taught to go and just ask someone like, Hey, um, you seem like someone I need to learn from, you know. And I just want to sit and learn from you. Um, we aren't really taught to go and do that. Uh, how many of us had someone who just poured into us and said, "Hey, you're valuable and you're wor- you're worthy," and and I'm going to pour into you, but and, and so that we know, okay, I need to do that for someone else, and and I and I need people to do that for me, right? We we it, that's not how church operates a lot of times, right? We just grow up and. Okay, I'm gonna go into ministry now, but I haven't had anybody maybe disciple me, right? And so, um, I I, uh, just I don't know where that boldness came from, but at some point, I just started asking people, even in Bible college, like, "Hey, I just can I meet with you and and sit under you Um, because I need that, and and I recognize that because I'm I'm uh, you know there's plenty of shortcomings there.
0: Yeah. Well, and Marcus, I think when you bring that up, I think that's just something that that is a takeaway for anybody that's listening, right. To say, when do you have those people that you can go to? And if you don't, that you, you know, find them. And again, how do you start? Well, start, I mean, ask God, like God knows who his good servants are. Ask God to open your eyes, to connect you, to, to work through that. Uh, like I said, that's one of our hopes for this show is that people who feel alone can, can connect with some other, other people in leadership, right. And realize that they're not alone and that they can, uh, you know, again, we'll just say that, like, again, reach out to us on social media, you know, if I, whatever, like we, any of us would have a conversation with you. Uh, you know, if, if you feel alone, just know that that's not how God's church is supposed to work. You're not supposed to be alone, right? Like we're a part of a big kingdom, right?
2: A worldwide kingdom, as we know, we've all experienced. And I think and, most of us know people that, that we'd say, man, I'd love to, I I'd love it if that person would pour into me, well, just go ask them like if, yeah. if they love Jesus and, and if they have the time, because you know, either whether I don't know whether, where that person is at in life, like, Hey, um, like I said, I just sat with Jim Lyon. I said, I just, I want what you have, man. And, like anybody who sat with Jim Lyon would probably think that. And, and I, I just was, was gutsy enough to ask the question honestly. And I did it in Bible college with, with, with guys that were, you know, professors or, or leaders at the school and stuff. Like I just, like I've just always kind of had that because I recognize I need someone who's pouring into me, who's going to know me and, and all that. And most, most people, we know someone, we just don't, we've never been kind of, we program, we've just programmed to kind of keep pushing forward. And maybe we meet with pastors at a mystery Alliance and have lunch once every month or two or something. And and then we just move on and, and uh, you know, yeah, just go and ask someone, you don't have to be someone older than you. you can just be someone to your age or at the same place in ministry or in life with you. Just like, Hey, I need somebody to sit with and talk with and Like, just go ask someone. Yeah. It, the, the value in that I cannot overstate.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, when I look back at my time in ministry, again, I've had those people that I've called, you know, and whether they're mentors and other pastors and kind of those things as well. And I think especially coming into, you know, a uh, a restart or rebuilding process or coming to a, to a, a revitalization context, which has been the context for all of us in our churches that, you know, there are times where you do feel alone. And I think times when you're not sure what to do next and, or man, how do I handle this situation? Cause like you get those curveballs as a leader, you know, like, man, I have no idea what to do. And again, I've had people I've called and be like, so what would you do? Cause here's my situation and I'm kind of lost. Um, and so absolutely, uh, you know, finding that momentum, finding that those people that you can learn from. And again, I think that the point being seek it out before you're desperate, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like ask the question, have those, have that kind of safety net in your life of those mentors before, before you're at the place of, of desperation or of complete burnout or, you know, or just frustration.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like if your car, you're driving your car and you're, 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 you know, you're five miles to E and you're in a highway in the middle, you know, the middle of nowhere, like, too late to look for gas like you know what i mean like like that's yeah, yeah no no absolutely you need those relationships you know any any time when things are great you need those relationships like you want people to celebrate with you when things are good right and so um it it, it works all, all the way across and, and like i'm because of that i i don't honestly because of having a lot of those relationships i always tell people i i don't really know the feeling of burnout i don't i don't i've never had exactly i feel like i've had outlets to talk to people to encourage me and pour into me and so even when things have been hard i've, I've had those i've had those outlets and, and those 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 inputs <laughs> you know working both ways and, and so um i've i've never really struggled with even the burnout thing or, or feeling like that i think the only time was all of us probably about two months into the pandemic were about like i need a nap you know like it, yeah. i need a nap with life right now right everything just changed for for every pastor in that moment. And so um I, I I needed I needed a break then and I took one. Um but uh because of having that constant inflow of of people you know pouring into me and then me being had that outlet of me being able to do that with others. It's also prevented though like you said the, those moments of like where I might have been like feeling like I'm all on an island and I'm I'm lost and I'm all alone and that's when you burn out. That's when that happens. Um, as you know, people say oh, I'm done now. And um, I have had the blessing to not even sniff that kind of feeling because of having those relationships in my life. And to maybe another topic, but something that you had mentioned, right? Was
0: you you got to cross point, you showed up, kind of maybe realized that the, the picture was different than what was yeah, just a little for yeah. you, you know, before you <laughs> got there. But but uh but one of the things you said though in that was that. That there was this apathy. There was no momentum, right? And and again, and that was definitely something I found at Oregon Trail when I got here too. Was uh, one it, I didn't find the the financial struggle. And in the fact, that I remember in the interview process, I asked in one of the final final interview times, I asked to see the church's financials uh, before that, which which I would always say every pastor should ask that kind of in it Just know what a, you're
2: getting into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Like and and, and again. That, probably not the question you lead with in the first interview, but, yeah. but, but, but definitely, you know, like I said, I was in the final show me and- the money. Yeah. 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 Don't but, start there. I mean, and, well, and I remember the reaction even of, of, of the interview team was, was, wasn't favorable. When I asked that question, like they were kind of like, well, why do you not know that? You know? And, and, and again, I, so in my first reaction was like, Oh man, it's, it must be dismal, right? Like if they're trying to hide something or they don't want to show it and, and and that wasn't the case, but I think, but again, they were just kind of, the reality is when any, whenever money comes up, people get weird.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, and that, that was just definitely true. Like I said, I was actually, pleasantly surprised at the financial picture of the church once I did see the financial and they did show them to me, but again, but that's where I was coming from. That's what my answer was. Well, I want to know what I'm getting into, right? Like if, you know, coming into that, whether it's good or it's bad, I just need to know the truth. So, you know, coming into that, but so like I said, I didn't deal with necessarily the financial things that you did, but, but I, I did deal with the kind of the apathy, the like of you know, had, man, they got used to just keeping the doors open and just waiting for whatever was next. And then I found that a struggle to get to get just the boat moving forward at all, right? Because it had been tied to the dock for so long when I mm-hmm. came to Oregon Trail that just trying to get the, the the boat moving at all was like a major challenge. So, so it sounds like you had a similar thing there at Crosspoint. So, to say, like, so what what did you use? What what did you find? What
2: was successful in even just getting the boat to move at all? You know, we always want to copy other people's stuff, right? um, something works in some church in, I don't know, Charlotte, North Carolina, it really well. And so everyone across the country wants to copy that. Right. Except it doesn't work in your context. Right. And so, yeah. Um, there's some broad general things that you can kind of take into it. it, Like for me, I just realized like, um, like, I think having the boat tied to the dock for, so like, that's a good analogy of, of just kind of what it feels like, you know, um, what it felt like, uh, and, you know, honestly, I'm four years in, and, and some of that is still there. Some of that is still, like, uh, some of the, the struggles to, 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 you know, I tell I it's like turning a battleship it is, is kind yeah. of my analogy. Like, you don't just, like, turn the wheel and that thing just turns on a dime, right? It, it, it's, a, it's a process to turn a battleship. And, like, that's sort of what I feel like I've been doing for four years. Um, and and um, one of the, the – the, I'd say, like, in the beginning – And, and, uh, Brian, this might be, you know, something that you, you sort of found also, it wasn't like, okay, we need to go start a bunch of ministries and okay, we need to go do the, it was more like, what's just a win we can have just a something we can celebrate, you know, like something that make, you know, you kind of go like God has something he wants to do here. Right. Or there's, there's something good, um, happening, um, something with energy. And so I found out, uh, I didn't know the the date, but like uh, in October um, was when the church was started, and so I was like, "All right, we're having a church birthday party," like because the church isn't fifty seven years old. Not that you wouldn't celebrate a fifty seven year old church, but like you generally don't. And so, I mean, it's it's like eleven years old, right? It, it it's still fairly. And I said a lot of the people that go here were there at the beginning. I have I have several people that were you know that still go here that yeah. were that were here at the beginning, and so. Um, it was like little things, like okay, we're gonna have a church birthday party. I Had my wife make cake, cause she's, um, she's awesome at that kind of stuff. And and um, and we had a whole thing after church. Um, talked about it in church. Um, celebrated that you know the previous pastors that that there had been a couple of and, uh, um, you know just kind of talked about the history of the church a little bit. And just like you know, and we're still you know eleven years later, you know, we're still here and and. It was just like, we had like a party. We literally had a birthday party (laughs) for the church. Um, And it sounds weird, but it was something like, like, oh, cool. Like people that had even been here was like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, like this is a good thing. Even just a little thing like that um, started to lighten some, some, you know, you know, turn the light bulb on in a few people's eyes. And, um, and and so I just looked for any kind of little small win um, I said, well, let's, let's do uh, like a fall festival thing. I and mean, when I say fall festival, I don't mean trunk or treat. We didn't do trunk or treat. Everybody does trunk or treat. We don't need an, I, I didn't feel like I, I, we need another trunk or treat. There's 400 of them, right? Like I, I don't, we don't need another one. It's like, I, I just want us to do something like as a group, like as a family. And so we had a thing out at somebody's house that lived out in the country. They had a lot of land. And so had a, a chili cooking contest and, um had did you know had a pumpkin throwing contest i remember um that was like a pumpkin throwing contest and and in case you're wondering like how far can you throw a pumpkin not very far but it's not about that it's about when the pumpkin hits the ground and have you ever seen a, someone like drop a pumpkin it like explodes into like, 400 pieces um it's pretty epic and so um i mean just weird little stuff like that um yeah that we did i won oh i i can i can actually uh they, they, there's my, 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 two, my two trophies there and my plaque that someone had made. Um, that, that, uh, uh, I joked when I signed up that first year. I signed up and I said, you know, Marcus Archer, Chili Master of the Universe. And so somebody got a plaque made for the winner as a joke that, that said, you know, Chili Master of the Universe. Um, the person at the plaque store, though, um, they uh, it, it's it, it has nothing to do with chili. there's like a telescope and stars like they, they went with like the universe side of it instead of the chili side of it and so yeah but i'm the chili master of the universe and and tj you saw this in india i'm pretty sure i've carried this with me around the world as a joke um to mouth the people of my church sort of to say haha i won the chili masters over here in india and i would pull this out and make videos with it and you know get people in different countries to like take pictures with me with it and and um it like it was a whole thing. So like when, after we had our fall festival, um, that first year, it was literally like a week later, I was going to India and everything. And so I have videos and pictures of in, in India and Egypt with the chili master plaque, um, with people, uh, the week after we had the big fall festival and it was really cool. Like we had, we had like, it like, I don't know, 12, 12, 12, different people make chili It was a lot of chili. Um, and like everybody came and brought their kids and, and it was a whole big thing. Um, and uh, and then I g- traveled around the world being mouthy, you know, about, about winning. I'm in the other side of the world, you know, sending videos back for Sundays. I would make videos and send them back on Sundays. They'd play at the beginning of worship service. Um, mm-hmm. Just updating them on where I'm at, what I'm doing, and everything. And, you know, had Jim Lyon, you know, introducing himself and just different things like that. And um, I'd have the Chili Master plaque there, you know, most of the time. Um, which sounds weird, but, like, just that, like you know, that fun, that excitement there of like, Hey, we did something and, and I'm over here, but I haven't forgotten about you. And, um, and so just honestly, any little win that you could have, like, I just looked for little wins that would make people like, feel like there's life here again. So a church birthday party yeah. and, and a, created a fall festival, which now everyone every year is like, it's a thing. And we switched from, we did a pumpkin carving contest last year in the pandemic. And the theme was 2020, and there were some epic, epic uh, pumpkins carved. Uh, my wife won. My wife carved out the inside of a pumpkin and carved like a, a rectangular window and got like a little doll set. Um, a little, you know, that you have like for a dollhouse and put it in the pumpkin with a person in there. And then put like toothpicks in the window because the person was in prison. They were, you know, they were in lockdown because it was a pandemic, right? And, and everybody thought that was great and she won. And uh, So I didn't win this year even though I made a pumpkin, but my wife won. And so, yeah. um, so no, like, but any of those little wins, I think that they, they bring life um, kind of to the community. And that's really all like our people need. They just, they needed life. They needed to see something happening and some energy there. And, and so uh, at the beginning there was just several little small things like that, that we did um, that, yeah, I mean, we, we changed some kids curriculum and I mean, we did some of those things, but really it was a church birthday party and a fall festival and, you know we had an adult Christmas thing um that that i don't I think they used to do but hadn't done in several years and uh you know there they are there are just several little things like that that we did uh that I think created a lot of momentum, and it made people go, okay, like i there's stuff going on here, there's stuff yeah. happening yeah so. yeah
0: you, you know just similar just to speak to that. I mean when I
2: think about those
0: first years at Oregon Trail too. Was was I mean literally we did a trunk or treat. It's funny you say that, but like that, that was one of the first events that we did when I was because there there wasn't anybody doing trunk or treat in our community. When I there you go today. yeah yeah I had a hundred
2: so, of them. They didn't need more yeah.
0: So, but but like I so, said, but I remember it was that event though because again I came I started in July and then it was in that October and I'm like and again and I heard the opposite from everybody. Right? I was like well no like we've done these things like nobody comes and you know there was just all like this discouragement and like and like you said to find those little wins and I remember that event. I'm like well God, like, well, no, we're, one, we're going to move it outside because so our community sees it, right? It's not for us. It's mm-hmm. for the community. It needs to be outside. And, and so we went out there and like, I mean, we had you know, I mean, it was, honestly, that first one we did was pretty sad. I mean, we had like, you know, eight cars, you know, like, uh, you know, we're just, I mean, it wasn't big. I mean, the, the church was pretty small and, but, but, the, but the ones that were here showed up to do it. Right. And the other side of it was the community actually came. And, and, and like, I remember in that moment and to, again, it wasn't, You know, I mean, it was a total of like 200 people that probably came, right? Like, it wasn't a lot. Like, and again, just the same thing. It's become this big thing in our church. We've done. I mean, we had last year. We still pushed through the pandemic, did it? We had over a thousand people that came through it last year. Like, it's just it's blown up this big thing. But again, the numbers isn't the point. The point was, it was at that event was where I felt like the church people finally were like. Hey, we can do this. Like the community yeah. cares we're here. They see that something's happening and, and it brought hope to to the congregation that, that up to that point felt like that we were just washed up and, and over, right? And, and like in that moment, it did, it changed things. And then, like I said, again, it was just similar things to you. We did. Uh, we have a, a mini like soccer program that the church has done for many, many years. And again, we've, we've talked about that in the first season. I talked about it a lot, but again, we kind of breathed new life into that. Again, the community showed up. Um, you know, again, just me being knowing I'm here and I had different, cause I didn't leave the Valley. Right. I mean, I'm just in the other end of the Metro area Boise. And so, you know, I brought some other speakers in and, and I think the church started to realize like, Hey, like again, got the focus, not just inward on ourselves, but on the way. And like you said, whether it's traveling around the world, doing a mission trip, having people come in community, show up to events. People realize that, like, that there is activity, like, we are alive, right? And it brought hope. And I think that was what got the boat moving in the very first place, right? Was, was like, okay, hey, we're not, at least we're not tied to the dock anymore, right? Like, yeah, there's a lot of changes we need to make, there's a lot of adjustments, but it's a lot easier. And when you talk about turning the battleship, right? Is the, the only thing harder than turning a battleship is turning it when it's tied to the dock.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. exactly
0: and, and so now it's hard to turn it, yes, but it's a lot easier to turn it when it's moving, right, than when it's tied to the dock. And and that was that was the first, like I said, those little wins. I mean, it was the same thing at Oregon Trail, was just trying to get those little wins, just get a little bit of momentum, a little bit of movement forward right like i like I'm not, I'm not even worried about where we're going i just want to move and i was just gonna say like adjustments right yeah
2: like like, like I, well, the things that we did it was more insular like a church birthday party or the fall festival thing but it was still it was more like i want you to be excited about what's happening here like what we're trying to do here and they, they needed that and and then, yeah that 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 did sort of blossom out into into some other things beyond that but yeah like that's the saying. Like people are like, oh, so like you're talking about, you know, a lot of things that are very outward. I'm talking about things that were very inward. But it's just every group is a little different, right? And if that's the thing that like makes yeah. the light bulb come on, um, then 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 it's, you know, any of the any of those little wins are good. And, and you know, from from those little little things, um, I was able to, you know, people were excited. So they were excited to know about what I was doing in India and in Egypt. and they had never they had no exposure to missions. And so I actually then took and kind of parlayed that and I, I invited, cause I'm a big children of promise fan. Like I'm unpaid staff is what I tell them. Um, uh-huh. uh, and, and I invited them to come cause I'm a huge fan of theirs. I was already sponsoring, um, sponsoring a kid. And, uh, and so now our church, like our church sponsors, like 22, 22 23 kids from people at our church, which I've been told, uh, is like, you know, from a per capita standpoint, um, like nobody's touching that one. Um, yeah. like as far as like people in the church versus how many kids are sponsored, And, and, and that's not like, yeah, look how awesome we are. You know, it's just more like, like we, we, we did a few of those things and I think people started to respond. And then, um, people started to see, I can have a ministry, right? Like if they started to see general promise was like a little bridge to say, Oh, I can have a ministry. Like, it's not just the church. Like the, org- the 501c3 organization of the church. It's like I, as an individual, can have an impact on something, um, and to the promise was a way to do that. And like, and, and and so that was sort of that that sort of mission, that very outward piece. And it was just little bit, little bit by little bit by little bit, and and you know, some other things have come from all that. But but yeah, no, it, it's ours started in more in the insular, and admittedly, but it was people like they needed to be excited to even be yeah. around each other and all that again. And, um, and then like I said, that produced some other really cool things. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm still turning the battleship. <laughs> like sure. there's still some of the apathy and there's still some of the, the struggles and there's still the people that, that, you know, some people that, that are real fiery and passionate and some that aren't. And, um, that's, that's uh, ministry, particularly in my context in the South is a church culture where I go to church and I check a box and, um, I fight against me and TJ have talked about this culturally. Um, it's not the same as Seattle, where like there's no value add to go to church in Seattle, right? Um, it's the opposite where I'm at, but the result is somewhat similar in that, um, I, I, like, I, like, teach this, I don't go to church, but who cares, right? And so where I'm at, it's more like I go to church, but I, who cares? Everybody does. Um, yeah. And so it's almost, it's the same result. It's just, it's just a different coming at it from a different end. It's sort of like, you just kind of generally deal with that in church ministry. I think in, in the South Mississippi, you know, where where I'm at is is everybody goes to church. It's what you do. You know, why would there be something dynamic happening? You know? Um, And so like, that's just a cultural thing uh, that, that just exists that I could be for 30 years and I'll always be battling that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and again, I think to say that as we sit here, right, again, TJ's in Seattle, I'm in, you know, more rural suburban Idaho, you know, you're in Mississippi, like we're all in these different contexts and yet, but that pulls it together perfectly is that we still serve the same God, right? And, and, and even though we might come out from different angles, like, and you call that really well, the reality is we're all on the same team and we all want the same thing, right? We want God's spirit to move. Right? Mm-hmm. And to transform people's lives and to save them. And, and, and the same, that's the mission of the church, right? It, no matter where we're at. And even no matter what phase of your church growth you're in or, or what that process looks like, right? Is that we, we are all moving ultimately towards the same destination, right? And that is to be more like Jesus and to watch his spirit, you know, poured out all over the world, right? And to transform people's lives.
2: I would still be very simply is that uh, we're, we're, we're created to know God and to be like Him. It's that simple. And, you know, you when you know God, uh, when you give yourself to that, you will become like Him. And becoming like Him, having His character formed in you, means you care about the things that He cares about, right? And God loves people. And He loves He loves jacked up people <laughs> a lot, right? And, and He goes and finds them, like the Samaritan woman, right? I, I need to go there, right? Or I, I'm going to go call out Zacchaeus or Matthew, Who's a tax collector, right? Like he goes and and finds those people. And um, you know, when you know God and you and you become more and more like him, those things just kind of organically begin to, you know, pour out of you and and uh you begin to care about what God cares about. Um, which it's not that he doesn't care about meeting together on Sundays, right? But but he cares a whole lot more about what we do with all that, um, and that moment and how we take something that happens on Sunday and turn it into, you know introducing people to him Monday through Saturday. Uh, and, and so as I saw something to know God and to be like him. It's that simple. That's that is what every human being is made for. Well, B, I know our time is coming to an end. Um,
1: can I do something that's a little bit different than we normally do? Can I just uh, pray us out and then you can wrap us after we're done with prayer? But I want to pray for Marcus and, and thank him yeah, for absolutely. his time for being here. I'm glad he is also uh, wasn't lost on me that uh the real champion in his household is his wife mallory so he's in good company
2: with us that she uh, is my hero the when i talked about heroes are better <laughs> I, you know you said that i, I want to say this because i had the opportunity to do this and i told her i had covid uh last week and my wife um she just took care of me but but it was it was next level and i told her i said look from now on so someone asked me like who's my hero I can name lots of people. All right. And, and I, and, and to there, but like I said, no, I said, you are my hero. And I, and I mean that in all seriousness, I told it to my church on Sunday. And, and you know, you said that I just want to take the opportunity on the internet, on the interwebs for it to put it out there forever for the for the universe to know that like legitimately my wife is my hero. Wow. Uh, and, wow. and I've got, and, and, and it's, she's great. So I wanted to make sure that, that Mallory got that
1: shout out on my behalf as well. Absolutely. um, Well, let's pray. And again, Marcus, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your service um, and what you're doing in Mississippi. I know that um, I'm better in ministry because like you said, we've had the opportunity to connect. And so hopefully if people have been listening to this today, whatever context they may have, uh, if it's a shade of one of the three of us or something that they may be moving into, um, just remember these things. And if there's something that uh, we can help with, and we'd love to try to be able to be that for you. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for Marcus. Thank you for his ministry. God, thank you for the audacity that he has to just pursue you with all that he has. God, thank you for equipping him in a way that he can be an ambassador for your namesake. And God, I pray for his church in Natchez, Mississippi. God, I pray that you would continue to do a work there, that they would be uh, ambassadors for you, that people would rely on them and that they would see something different because they rely on you. And so God, continue to help them, equip them, empower them, give them favor in your eyes. And God, thank you for their leadership. Thank you again for Mallory, Marcus's wife, his partner in this endeavor. And God, thank you for all those that are listening. God, may it be uh, an asset to them that they'd be encouraged, that they know that they're not alone. So continue to be with us until next time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next episode.
0: Acts 2028. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. The Acts 2028 podcast is a broadcast production of In His Grip Publishing. Our theme music is Achievement by Giovanni Bruno. We'd love to hear from you on our social media accounts or through email. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Acts2028podcast or send us an email at acts2028podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave us ratings and reviews, and even give us your email so you can be notified of new episodes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we hope that you will lead wherever God has put you and together we can all live out Acts 2028 20, as we serve in the established church.